Hello, and welcome back to They Made Another One, where each week we discuss an often forgotten installment in a franchise and see if you should check it out for yourself. I'm one of your hosts, Corey, and with me, I've got Liam. In the words of both Buster Rhymes in Halloween Resurrection and Tommy Lee Jones in U.S. Marshals, okay, Michael, regular or extra crispy? <laughs> do, they both, do they both say that? Something along those lines. Not <laughs> verbatim, but, Not verbatim, but Buster okay. definitely crisps up, Michael. Yeah, he definitely says something like, "We got a three alarm over here." You know he, the one. Anyway, he actually he says uh, he says uh, Kentucky Fried motherfucker is what he That's says. It, Looking yeah. a little crispy there, Mikey. Kentucky Fried motherfucker. And and Mitch is here. Bananas, plural. Thank you. Yeah, I was really struggling with this crossword. And you've heard his voice already. Uh, we have a friend of the show, listener, extraordinaire. Indeed. Ryan is here. Hi. What if that's all I said? What if I didn't speak for the rest of the episode? Honestly, extremely good bit. I would have respected the hell out of you for it. <laughs> I, I, I would have, but I really am kind of, I'm excited to talk about this movie. Yeah. Okay. So Ryan, just as a quick, just as a quick introduction here, please. what, what do the people need to know about Ryan? What, sure. what is your vibe? What are your likes and dislikes? What kind of movies Ooh. do you like? Oh, whatever, okay. whatever you want us to know. What should Wait. we know about Ryan? Okay. Okay. Yeah. My name's Ryan. I'm I'm 19 years old. Uh, I I go by any slash all pronouns. Anything's fine. Don't feel uh, any which way about anything. Uh, stuff I like. I mean, let me just pull up my letterbox top four. We should be we should be screening guests that way in the future. Just checking what their letterbox top four is. And, and yeah. what if they don't have letterbox? We're just like, get off. Yeah, this then podcast. they can't yeah. be on the podcast. That's bad news because I don't I'm not on letterbox. Mitch, Fuck it's you. been a thrill. Ryan, <laughs> I'd like to welcome you as the new Mitch. <laughs> yeah, so right. big shoes Finally. to fill. This was this was my plan all along. You dirty usurper. <laughs> I just wanted Jay Dickinson to draw me. <laughs> all right. Now throw it to the letterbox, Dad. Yeah. Corey, you have it prepped. <laughs> No, my my letter my letterbox top four is Ratatouille, uh, Your Name, <laughs> The Thing, and Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. I was not expecting Ratatouille, considering how much it I is, love The Fugitive. It's just when people ask me what my favorite movie is, I say Ratatouille. Is that just okay. like is that like like with like any irony, or you do you like Ratatouille is a fucking masterpiece? What are you talking about? <laughs> Have you people seen like- it? Listen, I just have the opinion that rats shouldn't be in the kitchen. Yeah, that was like the whole conflict when they were making the movie. Like they couldn't crack how gross it is that rats were in the kitchen. Fun fact, uh, the the movie was originally going to be called Rats with an exclamation mark. It was being directed by a different guy. And there were there are rumors that the original guy they considered to play Remy was Rob Schneider. Weird casting choice. Oh, yeah. Rat, Pat yeah. way better. Yeah, what a timeline that would have been in. But yeah, they, I think they did crack a design for the rats that looks cute, and you don't get too freaked out when they're in the kitchen. But I guess if you're Mitch, oh, it's still too much. <laughs> I actually—that's a good. Uh, for the record, I actually do like Ratatouille. I'm just, okay. uh, I'm just busting new chops. Yeah, I, I'm busting oh, them back. I like how there are episodes where we'll finish recording and Liam will go, man, Corey, you really went at Mitch that episode. Ryan is going for like the speed run. Even even before we even started, Mitch. before we even rolled, I've been. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm, he makes it too easy. <laughs> <laughs> 
I guess, yeah, this is just par for the course for guest episodes of this show, because I think that's the last time Mitch got really reamed. Holy shit. Wow. Oh, that's okay. a, yeah, that's a, that's a good top four. That's 50% uh, TMAO certified, because I have to imagine that that's uh, The Thing 2011 on there, of right? Of course. I hate you so much. I mean, The Thing 1982 is still technically eligible, because it's a remake of The Thing from Another World, which in, in turn 50s, is based yeah. on who goes there. Encyclopedic notes. So my one question for you, this will help uh, further the vibe check. Um, why Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again instead of Mamma Mia? Because it's better. What makes it better? Uh, better direction, better choreography, uh, better singing, uh, amazing additions to the cast. It just looks better. Uh, it, it's just a bet. It functions better as a musical film. What is your favorite song in that movie? Fernando. In, really interesting it's Cher and andy garcia singing fernando and there, there's fireworks in the background but i, I mean i love everything i love why mm. did it have to be me on the boat with like hot young stellan skarsgård <laughs> i love i love the waterloo number i love i love uh super trooper at the end oh masterpiece if you the want best more... american live action musical film of the 2010s i think you heard fair. it here first it was i think a... that's fair like I, I can't think of any contemporary like it's other It's better example, than La La Land. Right? Oh, I don't know about that. I do. Don't know tell about Cameron that. that he'll kill you. I used to love La La Land. I still like it, but Mamma Mia is better. Um, if you want to hear more about Mamma Mia, go listen to our episode about Mamma Mia. Great episode. I've listened to that. Uh, I'm glad. I'm glad that we're shilling the reason I'm a Mamma Mia fan because I heard him talking about it on other podcasts yes. and it made me ben, check out the ben, movies. Ben and Kirby Meckler joined us for. Mama Mia, here we go again. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. Today we're getting gritty and serious and right. cer- cerebral and governmental and Tommy Lee Jonesified. Tommy Lee Jones pilled, essentially. Um with the <laughs> future with pilled. the fugitive sequel. US slash sequel. Spin-off slash sequel. So Ryan, this is the part where um I ask you to defend yourself and your choices. Oh, please. Yes. Why are we watching U.S. Marshals? <laughs> okay, so I th- when you when you uh, uh, you know mentioned to me, hey, uh, you're welcome to come on the podcast. I was like, fuck yeah! And I was I was thinking about what to choose. I w- I was just it was I when I'm faced with infinite options for something, it's very hard to me to think of something. So I was thinking a lot. I was like, well, I can't do Kung Fu Panda two. That's too good. I can't just talk about a great movie. Uh, I'm 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 trying to I'm trying to really think. And the first thing that pops in my head. U.S. Marshals, because Fugitive, one of my favorite movies. My parents showed it to me when I was like 13. They were like, this movie's really good. And I watched it. I was like, oh, my God, this is a masterpiece. And then after we watched it, my mom was like, oh, yeah, they made this weird like sequel thing with Wesley Snipes called U.S. Marshals. And I was like, huh. And I didn't think about it again until I, I – I don't have to give the whole story. But I heard it come up on another podcast, and I thought about it uh, from there. And I was like – but I still never saw it. So – but – you know, when I think of this podcast, I think they made another one, like a weird sequel you don't really think about. So that's right. why this popped into my head. And I was like, I've never seen it. This is a good excuse. And it's kind of funny that this of all movies is what I choose. Yeah. So that's why I went for it. Now, in retrospect, I'm like, maybe I should have done the My Little Pony <laughs> movie because I know a lot about that show and I could say a lot about that. Although You could again, have made us also sit through basically anything. <laughs> It's true. Yeah. Although, then again, maybe I shouldn't have chosen the My Little Pony movie because uh, one of your past guests uh, did a voice on uh, My Little Pony once. Uh, Mr. Jason DeLine uh, played Rainbow Dash's dad once. You know more about our podcast than we do. <laughs> I've, I've only listened to like 20 episodes. 
<laughs> so did you watch U.S. Marshals for this? You took your love of the fugitive and you yes. funneled it into watching it for this occasion. That's right. I also okay. could have. I, I will say I also could have chosen Trolls World Tour. I thought of that recently. That would have been funny. If that would have been an interesting World choice. Tour. The best animated I, cause, cause musical I, of the I 2020s. Contend, sure. I, I contend that uh, it's not that bad. But it, I think this is maybe a slightly better movie than Trolls World Tour. Okay, that, I'm glad that we have that baseline uh, to get, guide the rest of our conversation. So from there, uh, quick question period for the fellas. Mitch, what is your familiarity with either U.S. Marshals or The Fugitive? So I've seen The Fugitive uh, twice, but the last time I saw it was probably like four years ago. Mm-hmm. Um and I remember liking it. I remember thinking it was like a very effective thriller. I love Harrison Ford movies, kind of one of my one of my all-time favorites. Of course, everyone's favorite Harvard graduate, Tommy Lee Jones. Um, oh, wow. Is he famously uh, a Harvard graduate? <laughs> he is, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, oh, I guess uh, he's my favorite Harvard graduate. Yeah. <laughs> he's, uh, That's why they call him Ivy League Jones. Yeah, he's got that, he's got that lifeless Ivy League glimmer in his eye. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm a fan of his movies. I think that Tommy Lee Jones... Um, He's been casting a lot of a lot of garb, but also like a lot of really great stuff. Um, yeah. I like a lot Won of his an Oscar earlier... for this role. <laughs> yeah, he did. He yeah, best best supporting in in the Fugitive. That's yeah. Right. Um. So I've seen it. I like it. I love the iconic dam jump. That's like the thing that sticks in my mind the most. Oh yeah. Um, right, the Peter Pan right here off of this dam right here. Yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, I I hadn't really heard of U.S. Marshals, although I think I had seen some of the, like the Bayou sequences with my dad on TV, just like walking into the room, like I don't know years ago. But uh, this is the this is my first time seeing it, and uh, yeah, but that's that's pretty much my extent with this. Um, I don't know if you want to call it a franchise, but these it's these, a franchise. There's like oh, a, I there will I will dig into the extended show. fugitive cinematic universe. Don't yeah, worry, I'll take that. There's take there's that. more surrounding this than you'd think. Yeah, there's a TV show from 2020. That's apparently. right. Apparently, uh, yeah, Quibi. Recently. In case you wanted this in quick bites. Damn, get fucked, Quibi. Ryan is here, and he's not pulling any punches with a. Big when I saw the future, arm. I was like, "This would be great, but it'd be better if it starred uh, Boyd Holbrook and Kiefer Sutherland." It was in six to nine minute episodes. And have you guys seen Rolling Thunder? No, yeah. that's my favorite Tommy Lee Jones movie. That movie goes hard. It's on the list. There it is. Done. So Liam. Uh, what about you? What is your familiarity with U.S. Marshals and or The Fugitive? I know you're not Action Man, so I don't know if this is really historically your bag or not. No. No and nothing. Um, don't know Don't know nothing about The Fugitive, dude. I had maybe heard the name and seen the poster. like Maybe even just in recent years, but I hadn't even heard of it growing up. In fact, I just sent my dad a text message this very minute to say, have you ever seen The Fugitive? Because I... It seems like a dad movie to it me. It is a dad movie. Now, it's I, think it's, now I think it's. It's a great. Now I think it's movie. weird that that I never picked it up from my dad, and so I'm wondering if he's seen it or if he somehow avoided it. If he has seen it, then I'm going to be even more self conscious as to why uh, he never showed me the fugitive. He has read the message now, so I'm waiting with bated breath. Hope he doesn't but, leave you on the eye. So wait, you so now <laughs> you've seen U.S. Marshals and not the fugitive. That's right. Yeah, oh, my boy. plan was to double feature them, uh, but it didn't happen this week. So bad news, so Ryan. I, I have also seen U.S. Marshals and not The Fugitive. Oh, this dear. is great because my entire uh, thesis on this movie has to do with comparing it to The Fugitive. So this is going to be interesting. And it's Perfect. only me to hold them to account. And uh, right, 
Let's, well, Mitch, let's, that's let's, what you went to journalism We're off to a rocky before. start, Ryan. This is great. <laughs> All right. Uh, my, my dad said in response uh, to, have you ever seen The Fugitive? Did you like it? He says, the old TV show? And so I had to say no, the movie, the movie with Tommy Lee Jones. So so we'll see. So your dad's a It is funny scholar. that the 1960 TV show is what he thinks of first. He he's a, he's an older dude, so by the time the early nineties hit, I don't know that he was uh I see. Following just just message him I didn't kill my wife and see if he replies with <laughs> I don't care. When I came home, there was a man in my house. He had a mechanical arm. You find this man. <laughs> the I didn't kill sounds my like wife. A movie. <laughs> I don't care. You switch the samples. So here's my question. Did we fuck up by not just saying, hey, guys, we're going to do a podcast. Mitch and Ryan, you guys are going to recite the movie The Fugitive, and Liam and I are going to do nothing. That's pretty much the plan. Quoting Harrison Ford in the movie is the most fun thing in the world. Me and my mom do it all the time. Yeah, Yeah, Liam, do you just want to back out? We can just let these guys figure it out for a while. You switch the samples. So you and Jeff McGregor have your provasic. Okay. Okay. It's not Ryan, a bad Harrison put, Ford impression. It's not a terrible Thank Harrison you. Ford impression, but we are going to put the hold on that for just okay. Sure. <laughs> uh, because I'm just going to give a quick cast and crew rundown, and then Please. we can find out what's up with our man Thomas Lee Jones. I didn't know. Wait. Where to so, go with so, that. so, so, Corey, your yeah. deal is just that, like, you never got to it, or um, I don't. I <laughs> so uh, I googled the fugitive yesterday or the day before i forget because i realized that i knew that harrison ford was in it but i didn't know if he was like the good guy or the bad guy or what the movie was actually about i found out that he is the titular fugitive that's right and uh i don't know anything about that movie at all other than who's in it Uh, what you should know is that you have to watch it because it is just a better version of u.s marshall spoilers for this podcast yes why don't you tell us how you really feel yeah hold that thought sure sorry as like no 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 I we we do that too it's totally fine. Well, right. I'm gonna give a rundown of cast and crew because this cast and crew, the crew especially, is like full of heavy hitters, mm-hmm. and it's a fascinating like setup of people. Um, it was directed by Stuart Baird, who, as a director, uh, for example, did Star Trek Nemesis. That's right. Um. And, I'm just gonna uh, say that's was, right to everything. Everything just not along knowingly. It works for me, man. Um, <laughs> but as an, he mostly worked as an editor. He worked on a Casino Royale, mm-hmm. the new Tomb Raider movie with Alicia Vikander, Green I Lantern. It was one from 2001. Uh, maybe IMDb fucked me up, or maybe I fucked up. I'm more readily willing to blame maybe the website. Maybe fucked up. Could maybe Mitch fucked up. I'm looking at the screen too, man. I you can know. never count yeah. that that possibility out. Wow, I, do, I cannot I believe the comfort with which you were just coming at this guy. It's so no, fun. He did uh he did like hunting me for sport. I'm so sorry, Mitch. He may have done both. Who knows? Maybe oh, good he did for both. him. Uh, I can't. Uh, no, guarantee. no, because the, the person who did the, the most recent one, I think I think it was Editor. A, a, oh he edited editor. it. Okay, okay. Yeah. I, Mitchell, okay. I'm sorry. Well, maybe I'm Ryan's looking on something. I'm looking on Wikipedia, and this is not related, but but uh, the fugitive has seems to have six credited editors. Oh, dear. Well, wow. He he didn't edit this movie, so it doesn't matter. Stuart oh, Baird directed this movie. Right. Okay. But most sorry. Of I, his I, work I got mixed was up. as an editor, so I'm just reading off some of his editing credits, sorry. which include Die Hard <laughs> Two and the Angelina Jolie movie Salt. Uh. Um, the movie is written by John Pogue, who wrote Ghost Ship. 
some movies called The Skulls, one through three, and Rollerball. Ghost Ship's uh, nothing, a great time. Nothing better than The Skulls three. Yeah, Mitch, have you seen movie. Ghost Ship? I think we've I talked have. about Ghost Ship because we talked about the poster. Yeah. Are Are you going like O three Ghost Ship? I'm here? talking about the one or from the eighties or the like the. I'm not sure. I didn't the, write down the year. I didn't know there was multiple. I ghost think George ships. Kennedy is in it. Yeah. yeah when no, it you're right. Ghost ships. I'd go Slimer and Casper. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Um, I'm sorry. So, so we've got, that was that really clever. That was really quick, but Casper's uh, a child. I'm sorry. <laughs> just let's just move on. Nobody but but he's probably been it. dead for at least decades. Okay, right? Let's not so. get into the implications of this. <laughs> ghost Casper uh, is old. Sure. Um, the characters in this movie are by Roy Huggins, who wrote The Fugitive. If you've heard of that, um, <laughs> the editor is uh, Terry Rollings, who was uh, in the editorial departments for Blade Runner, Alien, Chariots of Fire, Watership Down, and Goldeneye. Man, Watership Down traumatized the shit out of me. Did you watch it when you were a kid? I, my grandfather showed it to me when I was a kid. <laughs> it was like a horrible experience. Was he trying to traumatize you? Do we? Know? I don't know. I think he was like, "There's all these great like English actors that I like, and blah blah blah." It's a great, beautiful film with it. But he's a hard, he's a tough guy, you know. Like born right. in born in 1932, pulls no punches, still going strong. But yeah, does no. he like? We have to ask him about uh, Watership Down sometime. We gotta get some the shit out of me. I haven't spoken to him about it since. I haven't spoken to him since. <laughs> <laughs> My grandfather should be watershed down when I was like five, and we just haven't talked in the preceding twenty years. No, I spoke to him the other day. He just the man just turned eighty nine. He's he's going strong. Oh, you he's... finally broke the the long uh, uh, silence between the two of you. Congratulations. <laughs> Mitch got over his grudge, but Mitch <laughs> does hold grudges. So watch out, Ryan. You he might does. not hear from uh... him until you're eighty nine. Yeah. <laughs> This is my favorite. I can't wait for 1989 Taylor's version. Am I right, Timely Joke? I sure. I'll be here I don't all week. This much Taylor Swift. It's fine. Um, speaking of music, does. the music is by Jerry Goldsmith. How mm-hmm. many credits does Jerry Goldsmith have? Do you think? Roundabout two hundred and seventeen. He's everyone's favorite, like invisible composer. I find that I never pay too much attention yeah. to a Jerry Goldsmith score, but he's everywhere. Yeah. I will say the the James Newton Howard score for the Fugitive is better than the Jerry Goldsmith score oh, for U.S. Completely, Marshals. completely, one hundred percent. Fellas, please I, I contain yourselves. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. The fugitive. No, no, one okay. way that the Fugitive beats out U.S. Marshals. Sure, um, this, Liam, you gave an actual number. What was it? Two hundred and seventeen, maybe. You're very close. Two hundred eighteen. Uh, well, you're not. It wasn't that close. It was close in like a, a more cosmic sense. Well, um, still, Ryan's going to win because he, he prices <laughs> right. right I've never did. seen an episode of The Price is Right. What? You? Sp- I spent all my childhood watching Price is Right, and you were on The Fugitive. You ever you ever have a sick day? Yeah, and I watched fucking Ed, Ed and Eddie, dude. Or like Maury Provitz. <laughs> yeah, I think more no, people watch like that. I watched no. fucking Kids Next Door. Fucking SpongeBob. Kids Next Door is good. Anyway, the answer was 285 credits wow. can i list a selection of those for you now please first and foremost looney tunes back in action hell yeah uh a whole bunch That's of the ryan star would trek watch movies was sick. yeah it was just all looney tunes back in action in the ryan household um <laughs> i've never seen looney tunes back in action it seems like you're a fun movie <laughs> missing the fuck out i know i am i love joe dante i i've seen clips it looks great i've never gotten around to it 
I hope you like NASCAR because there's NASCAR in it. Hell yeah. Um, uh, he did a whole bunch of the Star Trek movies. Uh, Air Force One, Small Soldiers, Basic Instinct, Gremlins 2, Total Recall, Psycho 2, first two Poltergeist movies, the first three Rambos, The Omen, The Omen 2, and Logan's Run. Rudy. Wow. Man, Rudy. Big Joe Dante guy. It's like the one horror movie he talks about. I love I love The Omen 2. George C. Scott, great in that. Do you mean the sequel, The Omen 2? No, it's you mean the Omen well. as well. Right. And isn't The Omen 3 the one with Sam Neill in it? Did Sam Neill do an Omen movie? I'm pretty sure he plays like grown-up Damien in Omen 3. Hmm. Damanian. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, here's the cast of U.S. Marshals. Because if we don't get to it soon enough, Ryan may literally die from not being able to talk about the fugitive. So Come on, man. We've got he's jonesing for it, just like Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> he's playing uh our main man, uh US Marshal Sam Gerard. Don't worry, I'm not gonna say US Marshal for all of them. Um and then we've got Wesley Just the ones who are US Marshals. And then we've got Wesley Snipes as the fugitive. And <laughs> yeah, got- his, on his birth certificate it says the fugitive. <laughs> Capital T Fugitive. We've got... Weird that they recast Harrison Ford with Wesley, <laughs> Wesley Snipes. Snipes. <laughs> uh, we've got Robert Downey Jr., Joe Pantoliano, Daniel Roebuck, Tom Wood, Latanya Richardson, Irene Jacob, Kate Nelligan, Patrick Malahide, Rick Snyder, Michael Paul Chan, James C., Tracy Letts, Len Bajensky, Donald Gibb, Tom Fitzpatrick, Cynthia Baker, Susan Tony Hart. Fitzpatrick. Get it straight. What did I say? You said Tom. Did I? Did I actually? I'm looking, I at, I'm looking at the list on Wikipedia. I also well, said I George C. Have... Scott's in the Omen, and he's absolutely not. It's Gregory Peck, but keep going. I also, How no, dare you? I was looking at the name Tony Fitzpatrick. Like, that's what I have written in front of me. Weird. Yeah, you, you said Tom. Uh, Ryan, we need you on every episode <laughs> to fact check. Hey, I wouldn't complain. Ryan is the accountability officer for them in another one. Uh, you can put that on your uh, birth certificate and resume. Um, I will. Also, Johnny Lee Davenport. Oh, no, a name I don't know how to say. One in doubt, just say Tony. Viteri Hershon and Lorenzo Clemens. And uh, this movie is about a fugitive. All right, it was fun being on the podcast. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ryan, for talking to us about the, the fugitive mostly in the U.S. Marshals <laughs> a little bit. Uh, yeah. No, but really quick. Uh, so this movie uh, starts with... Um, some sort of illicit exchange in the parking garage of the literal United Nations in in which two people are, thank you, Ryan, accountability (laughs) officer, uh, (laughs) and two, like, government agents are killed and they can't tell who did it. And then uh, after that incident occurs, there is a tow truck driver named Mark, played by Wesley Snipes, who gets in a big car crash and then is actually arrested for illegally having a gun in his car. And then they decide that actually he committed a murder and his name is actually not Mark Warren, it's Mark Roberts. What an elusive secret identity to have, just sort of changed the last name to something slightly more generic. Um, and Tommy Lee Jones's boys are on the case. Uh, well, actually, more accurately, they're on some other case, which it uh, devolves into a fight with Tommy Lee Jones in a chicken suit. We'll get to that. Oh, boy. And um, there is an overnight flight of prisoners. Con Air, baby. Con Air, the titular Con Air, and Tommy Lee Jones is sent there as punishment uh, for being an overly violent police officer. And uh, what happens is there is a prisoner who makes an improvised weapon out of a toilet roll holder. 
and attempts to kill Wesley Snipes. But I had to rewind that a few times. Yeah, essentially, it looks like he snuck a bullet into a toilet paper roll and holder, went, and it explodes. It's and a they pen gun. Well, then he that had a pen inside, inside of the toilet the roll holder. Toilet roll. That was. It was. Uh, I. I didn't fully. I. I guess I'd have to rewatch this masterpiece again. No, no. They, they make it like they say. It's like a pen zip gun. No, I know, it's but you saw him. How was it in the toilet Mitch, roll? You saw him pretend to take a shit in the plane. Yeah. Yeah. And he so, opens the toilet roll thing, and he has a thing, and like a spring, and he goes. Anyway, and, so and he the makes plane that explodes. noise. He goes. Beer, beer, beer. He's making all these laser Ryan, sounds. Ryan, you're reading verbatim from the script that you mentioned. <laughs> it's true. I'm looking at the script right now. I got the EDF. It says this guy goes. Beer, 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 beer. And uh, so the plane gets a big hole in the side and a couple prisoners fly out and the police don't seem too upset about that. Um, and the plane makes an emergency landing on a highway and then falls into a, a river or a lake and they mm-hmm. get everybody out. But uh, Wesley Snipes and all of his daring do uh hours previous had broken a cop's glasses and used the arm of the broken glasses as a lock pick to get out of his handcuffs and escape yeah so it ain't ain't the miracle on the hudson like it is not no we where was sully when we needed him most (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i still need to watch that movie and so from there this is the part where it starts getting a little bit more convoluted (laughs) is Tommy Lee Jones and gang are in Louisiana trying to find this guy and then the government shows up I'm just going to call them the government and they have Robert Downey Jr. and they're like hey uh, your boy's joining the team he really is junior at this point in his career he's Robert Downey Jr. Jr. this is him right out of rehab right I'm, I'm not. Sure I'm not sure in relation to, to, to that I don't know very much about his I, 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 I should I should have looked that up beforehand so uh as our accountability officer, yes, you should have. Um, Robert Downey yeah. Jr. Uh, is there, and they obviously him and Tommy Lee Jones they butt heads because you know they're they've got different values. And anyway, the long and short of it, because it, it does get a little bit convoluted, is that they go hunting for Wesley Snipes, and he keeps getting away. And uh, they discover that the government had been holding some crucial information from them, which is that the deal that we see at the United Nations was for government secrets about how the U.S. would react as a defense posture in South Korea in the event that China invaded Taiwan, which makes it shockingly relevant to current politics. And from there, uh, those secrets were being traded around. They think that Wesley Snipes was like the bag man who was facilitating all of this. As it turns out, we discover that, hey, maybe somebody else was involved with it who was on the inside of the government. And uh, Wesley Snipes later into the movie insists that he's been set up and they have to try to get down to the bottom of who was trading these government secrets and who was not. And what do we do about Wesley Snipes? And then there's a big plane full of like grain or sand or something. And uh, there's some gunfights and there's some wacky daring do. But that's about the gist of that. We'll get into the specifics after. Ryan, I am going to make you wait just a little bit longer because uh, (laughs) make them wait. First, Mm. I am going to go to Liam and ask because you've frankly not sounded. You've not sounded aggressively enthusiastic about it. So I thought (laughs) I would see. I thought I would get get a barometer for where you're at. I guess that's just my poker voice talking, Corey. I I quite like this movie. Oh, Hell did yeah. you? It's um, totally a poker yeah. voice. Then you sounded quite quite glum about the whole film. 
No, just glum about life in general, my man. But the, the <laughs> film was good. <laughs> oh my god. Oh dear. Um no, dude, I, I did I did quite like it. I was surprised. Um right from the get-go, this had a much more like comedic action tone than I was expecting. Um, you know, I haven't seen The Fugitive, so I don't know what tone that movie has, but I'll because yeah because uh i think i knew somewhere in my brain that tommy lee jones won an oscar for it at the very least like i knew it was like a prestigious movie of that year so i guess i figured that that's like yeah so i figured that that's a pretty like serious dramatic movie and so i thought u.s marshals would be the same um and i thought that it actually like it kind of wrote a nice line between like a novelistic crime drama but also like just had a fun action romp with like cool set pieces and so um so i dug that i mean this is totally out of my wheelhouse like basically every crew and cast member you mentioned Corey. like yeah. i i either don't know or like deliberately have nothing to do with um, <laughs> joey pants fan <laughs> no get ralph no. cifaretto off the show if I see Terry Rawlings in the street, I turn around and walk the fuck away. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and that might also be like why I haven't caught up to the fugitive because like I I don't do you haven't Harrison caught Ford up to the fugitive. Hold on, I forgot I forgot somebody's name and it's super important. Am I gonna like this one? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the cinematography was by Andre Barkowiak, who directed the live-action adaptation of Doom and Liam, Street Fighter The Legend of Chun-Li. Oh, that means he's responsible for the one good bit in Doom, like the first-person sequence. He might be, but uh, famously... if he's the director. Famously, Liam put Street Fighter The Legend of Chun-Li on our list, and I razzed him for spelling it wrong. So I figured we would tie it back. It was just L-E-E, and there was no hyphen. How... Dare you? Yeah, it's sacrilege. not like Chumley, like the car- like the, like the fucking what is it? cartoon character. I, I, yeah, I thought I thought this was no, dude. I thought this was a pop no, star. Cartoon character. No. <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant. Basically, live action. For some cartoon reason, Chumley, even though Chumley is like a pop star guy, it always registers to me as the name of a Hanna Barbera character. Is it Chumley? Yeah, well, just the guy from I think the dude, it's I... the guy from Pawn Stars, but it always it sounds is, yeah. like it's from a '60s Hanna Barbera show. So I always think of yeah, it. When, like I, when I think of him, I think of like Slimer from the Real Ghostbusters or like a garbage <laughs> pale kid. I think like, like, I, you're I, saying I, that I, about. Hold on, I hear Chumley like, that. oh, he must have been like the secondary character in Hong Kong Fooey, right? That must be what that character <laughs> is. Liam, you're saying that about a real person. Oh, I know. I've seen plenty of Pawn Stars. It is, uh, it, this is an educated opinion. <laughs> okay, before we keep bullying Chumley, uh, let's get back to bullying Mitch. Yeah. You've ruined all your chances of ever getting you. Chumley on the, on oh, the Come podcast. on, let's not hurt Chumley's feelings, but we can all be mean to Mitch. <laughs> what I was going to say is I was going to let you keep talking about U.S. Marshals. <laughs> <laughs> all right, yeah, so I'll, I'll, I guess I'll do that. You're safe this time, Mitch. I got your back. Yeah, <laughs> um uh yeah so i i liked the comedic tone of this movie and i wasn't expecting it and and even though i am not uh this is like not my bag um what is my bag is like sort of goofy goofy movies a lot of times it's goofy what about extremely movies, goofy but, movies but i like extremely goofy movies and their sequels and their prequels um i like them all and so uh i had a good time with this i mean earlier this year i watched con air twice for the first time 
I watched it once for the first time and then I watched it twice for the first time and uh, and I really loved it. And so when I was getting Con Air vibes at the beginning of this movie, I was so stoked. Um, and then I just kind of got wrapped up in like the the mystery and the pursuit of it all. all again, all these the actors... Same. <laughs> um all these actors are like pretty unfamiliar to me like it turns out i have seen or heard tommy lee jones and some stuff like i like small soldiers men but um uh haven't seen men in black no. yeah never never interested oh, me dude, as a kid too much too much sci-fi for young too liam and so I, I had the vhs and you? i would and i would toss it i needed more bloody disgusting violence i can understand then vincent then a giant cockroach inside vincent d'onofrio's skin i can understand <laughs> turning your nose up at like men in black like i did for a long time but then i actually watched it and i was like this goes hard one of the best absolutely yeah yeah no i i believe it and i'm not gonna i can't disparage men in black it's the same reason i didn't get to like a lot of spielberg movies until wow. i was like fully grown and then i was like yo et is what were you watching cool. as a kid uh the original Carrie was like one of my first movies. Oh, you were like a horror uh, kid? Big time. I yeah, really have Holocaust. only listened to 20 episodes of They Made Another yeah. One if you're asking him that. I know. I, here's the thing. Any <laughs> horror episodes you've done, I probably haven't listened to because I tend to listen to episodes on which I've seen the movies. And I have not, I have not really seen any horror sequels. It sounds like we're mostly just in two very distinct separate orbits here. Yeah, I only started getting the horror um, in the last couple of years. This is like right, right. the well, real horror is exciting. rats in the kitchen. But you love that. <laughs> True. Um, but I do love your name, which is in your top oh, four. So, so we can know that. Um, but yes, I did. I just had I had fun with this. Um, I, you know, I don't think I'd ever watch it again. It doesn't make me want to seek out anything similar oh, to it. Uh, I agree with half of you, that. But um I, I I enjoyed it for for the time I spent with it. Would I have rather been watching my typical horror movie or even like something like a bit less explosiony and like a gutter uh, balls? Yeah, a right. gutter balls or like a, a coming of age high school movie. Would I have rather been watching any of those? Absolutely, but uh, I had to do this, and I didn't. I didn't. I did not. Uh, my time okay yeah that's fair i think that's that's a very like reasonable middle of the road assessment of u.s marshals mitch fell asleep a little bit but we're gonna make ryan oh, wait a little bit wow longer. i've never slept during a movie my dad does it all the time well like out of a sense of obligation like you'll start peeling your eyes open like a clockwork orange like no it's I just paid like if i'm watching a movie this. i'm watching a movie dude that's wicked self-control, man. Yeah. Sometimes I just can't help it. Well, yeah. I also never get bored by movies. It's just like, it's physically That's impossible for a me. a superhuman ability. If I'm yeah, watching it I'm, before bed, absolutely, I go to sleep. But otherwise, I never do either. No, I've, I've never slept during a movie once in my life. Most of the movies I've fallen asleep during, I'm not bored by. I'm, I just end up falling asleep. I fell asleep during uh, Into the Spider Verse oh, in the theater, how is that and I thought possible? that was and I thought that was a ten out of ten movie. I was loving uh, yeah, it. Yeah, I saw but, it four times in theaters. My masterpiece. Yeah, it just happens. That's all. Um, I was there, and I can venture the fact that Liam did fall asleep. Wow, sick movie though. Yeah. Um, Mitch, batter up to the u.s marshal's plate here's a big softball for you what did you think i think it's entirely too long but i had fun with it fun um, fact exactly the same length as the as the first movie 
but it feels way longer for yes, some it does. reason. Uh, well, I can tell. I, I know why because I, I, I think like the first from like the Con Air sequence, um, till about like the end of the Bayou, like that is breathless. Like that's really great pacing, really great action, and it it retrods a lot of the same stuff that the original did with the sort of procedural oh, yes, elements and setting a perimeter. And like that stuff, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm super, gonna go into this. Yeah, you build on it. Absolutely, I'm gonna go shallow. Um, <laughs> but, but, but that that's stuff, such a great idea. I'm gonna go shallow. You dig? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that sort of whole sequence is great. But then the film, I think, becomes a bit fragmented when you have people in New York and people in Chicago and foreign interests and. It's entirely too convoluted, and what worked for me in the first one is that Harrison Ford is just kind of this sort of everyman guy, and mm-hmm. and it's a case of mistaken identity. But what we're dealing with here is multiple layers of conspiracy with like a foreign interest and conspiracy think, that is so much more interesting than the stuff in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Like, the, well, the conspiracy in this movie is 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 just sort of convoluted, I think, and it, it sort of buckles under the weight of like its own sense of self-importance fucked up that you guys don't care about the national security of taiwan i care way more well, about I pharmaceutical do. conspiracies and then switching the samples so they could have provasic yeah like that's the, there's a conspiracy in the first one but 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 i'm pro vlasic which but this one, i, I think, love that pickle with the duck on it. <laughs> this one i think it's it's going to too many places and it's it's and it's sort of it has its finger in too many pies um and as a result i think the movie sags but yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's a fun movie, and I had I had fun with, with parts of it. But but I like checked, and I was like, my God, there's 47 minutes left in this movie. And with some movies, that's like a joy where it's like I have a blissful 47 minutes left. Like what a treat! Mm-hmm. But with this one, I was like, ah, like I I was kind of ready when it was done for it to be done. Yeah, I think I think that's a pretty reasonable assessment too. Uh, I don't have the same good effect. I don't have I don't have the same stakes here that Ryan has, so I'm gonna go quick just to say (laughs) that go go as long as you want. I was pleasantly surprised in a lot of ways. It kept my attention, and I think I was just like Mitch was saying, like that opening forty five minutes ish are like perfectly paced, and you're just in, and the action's really well executed. So. You're being that was the section I was most awake for, for sure. Um, yeah, I think just on like a linear timeline that tracks for sure. <laughs> Less time had passed in your day, so it seemed more like anyway. This is that's not funny, but what might be funny is Tommy Lee Jones fighting in a chicken suit, which definitely got my attention. And um, Mamma Mia, from there, uh, here we go. Again. I think it, thank you. Uh, I think that. The movie definitely sags the longer it goes on, but I do want to actually argue for the second extended action sequence, which goes from... Well, it ends with Newman being shot, but it starts with... Well, it ends with a, with a train jump. Well, which more is accurately, stunning. it ends with Wesley Snipes jumping onto a train. That's great. Um, it, it is really good. I forget where that sequence yeah. starts because it's really long. It starts in a cemetery. But, like it, it goes. No, but yeah. even before that, like they're doing. It's, true. it's, it's like shit. the crosswalk and like them in the crowd. Yeah, I really liked that. Um, but I neat. think I think when it's not doing a big set piece, um, it definitely sags a bit, and it's really trite. 
like the setups kind of eh. i feel like it doesn't do a good job making clear up front that wesley snipes is innocent not that oh, i yes. need it not that i need it like spoon fed to me but if you want me to have if you want the character to be more sympathetic you have to make me know earlier that he is definitely innocent exactly otherwise you spend a lot of the movie wondering huh do i have to care about wesley snipes is this worth is this worth my investment like right and you spend a lot of this movie not knowing and i think that's a mistake because wesley snipes is also really good and i think if they made the sympathy dial go a little bit higher he could really nail that and then you'd be more invested throughout but it's got he gives weird... a great performance though like he does yeah he's good i just think that they could have done better with that character and i also i know obviously yeah. this is because i did not watch the hit 1993 academy award winning film the fugitive which you but, will like more i guarantee it um i just didn't care a lot for the gang of tommy lee jones's friends and compatriots oh yeah you won't in the original either because they're so trite and just like quip quip characters and where's my armani suit and my cigars and my ties you're basically just walking around like i wonder which one of these people is going to die to give tommy lee jones motivation like that's really all that is but um the action is much better not that necessarily that i would have expected but like i was pleasantly surprised by that and uh i think overall it's definitely got more going for it than i would have expected and with that all out of the way uh Ryan, it's time to just let you let you run free here for a minute. Ryan, what did you think about U.S. Marshals? Oh, almost choked from that fake gasp. Uh, <laughs> Actually, I have one more thing I'd like to add. Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'll add something. I'll add something. I think this is the best version of this type of story there could ever, ever be, and I never need to see any other movie. Say, like you know what? I can't argue with that. This is the best <laughs> version of this movie starring Tommy Lee Jones and Wesley Snipes they could have made in 1998. Wow. It might even be the best movie of the 90s. It might be All the right, best ahead, movie <laughs> I've ever seen. Okay. So. And I saw Citizen Kane twice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, The Fugitive is a movie that released in 1993 uh, starring Harrison Ford and Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, it's a great movie. Uh, it... Uh, it was nominated for seven Academy Awards. Hold on, listener. Sure. I just want to make sure everybody's listening. Have you heard of The Fugitive? <laughs> well, it <laughs> is okay, a bit of an elusive movie. You know what I mean? I couldn't yeah, find it, it, it anywhere. It I went made block- about $370 million. I went to the blockbuster. I said, hey, where's The Fugitive? And I said, if I knew, wouldn't I be a cop or some kind of detective yeah. investigator? Where's- I work at a blockbuster. <laughs> there's The Fugitive. Hey, just ran away. <laughs> oh yeah, I walked out with that guy who rented the fugitive. Sorry, we're done. Everything I say is gonna be com- basically just comparing this this movie to the fugitive because it is it is the escape from LA to its escape from New York. It's basically Actually, a I, soft remake. Can I do one thing? It, yes. Hello everybody. Welcome to Ryan's Comparison Corner. This week <laughs> we're gonna compare the fugitive and US Marshals. Take it away, Ryan. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, But anyways, uh, what was I going to say? So yeah, uh, there's so many similarities. I can't help but just compare the two, which I I maybe maybe goes against the philosophy of this podcast because I assume you usually just like talking about the sequels on their own, but I have to here. Uh, So I'll just start by saying in uh, The Fugitive, 
the ninth hit 1993 film. They say the word fugitive twice. I counted. In U.S. Marshals, they say the word fugitive 10 times. That's well, a five times greater fugitive ratio. <laughs> Fair enough. Now, I, I'm sorry to disappoint. I did not count how many times they say U.S. Marshals in both movies. I'll do that next time I come on to talk about U.S. Marshals. <laughs> please, please do. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I sat down and watched this movie and I was like, I hope I like it. Because what I had always heard was it is like The Fugitive in many ways, just less good. And that's exactly what I thought. The whole, the, the original movie is so exciting. The tension is amazing. You're just fucking in it. it. It's moving from minute one. And you're just like every moment you're like, oh my God, oh my God. Like he's always one step ahead. They're always so close to getting him. There's so many amazing sequences. And you really care about this character. And you don't want him to get caught because from the beginning, you see that he didn't do it. And you're like, holy shit, he did. I didn't kill my wife. You know, and uh, in this, obviously, like you just said, in this movie, that's not the case. And and just like the whole movie, I've, I basically just have my arms crossed like, hmm, this was better in the first movie. This was better in the first movie. Even if like the action is cool in, some, some, in, in a lot of scenes, it's like the action is also cool in the original. And in those scenes, I cared about Dr. Richard Kimball and I wanted him to find the one-armed man and prove that he didn't kill his wife. You know, like, yeah, no, I like it's so crucial that your audience is invested in any story where the crux of it is this person's well-being, essentially. Like the thing that the movie latches you onto is, is Tommy Lee Jones going to get the guy? And I think the reason that doesn't work as well is because they changed the guy at the last second, even though it's not that hard to see it coming. But in making that choice, they also wait too long to pull the trigger with clarity on Wesley Snipes is not the guy. Whereas I think what they needed to do was to differentiate it from the fugitive. What they needed to do was make it clearer that Wesley Snipes is innocent, but make Tommy Lee Jones suspicious of Robert Downey Jr. in a clear way a lot sooner. Because then it's different from The Fugitive, but you still care about the titular fugitive. With any film about mistaken identity, I mean, like, there's so many great ones. You just need to look at, like, even if you look at the the old Hitchcock ones, he always lets you know that the guy is innocent. Like, the wrong man or... um, Like, just just like so many other ones. Um, Big Business with Bette Midler and Lily Tomlin. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> you know like that's like that's Classic, like a key formula is to let the, the viewer know that they got the wrong man or, or sometimes not but i mean and this one I, it doesn't work it's too it's too fragmented anyway keep going <laughs> thank you <laughs> uh i also before i forget i also want to say tom wood who plays deputy u.s marshal noah newman am i the only one who thinks he looks a lot like matthew lillard hmm. i was i was thinking that the whole time well, Hang you're on. definitely right in name dropping Matthew Lillard on this show. I know that's an a tonally appropriate thing to do. When I let me, I'm googling. Tom, what him you again. think Tommy Lee Jones looks like Matthew Lillard? Tom, <laughs> no, Tom no. Wood, who plays oh. the guy that gets shot. Um, I could a little I bit, could yeah. See a little, a little bit. bit, not an overwhelming amount. Yeah, in the movie, I was like, "Wait, is that Matthew Lillard?" I'm like, no, it's not. What he looks like is a guy who could have easily been like third build on a long-running television sitcom oh for like sure. in an alternate universe this guy was on cheers 
Like, yes, that's he's he's definitely a guy that like just looks like another guy, regardless of who you think that guy is. Like the whole time he was on screen, I kept thinking, like, who does this guy remind me of? And I was oscillating between Bill Murray and like the main kid in Gremlins. Mm. And uh, uh, I was just like, he, he just has a face that that just resembles other faces and it's yeah. too bad i'm sure he wants to be his own man well it's funny because like you look at robert downey jr at any point in his career and you're like i know who that is but you look at tom wood and you're like who's this guy i'm gonna <laughs> say something unpopular but i think robert downey jr had way more interesting roles in the 90s than he does now how is that an unpopular opinion for everyone you agrees is with you everybody agree? agrees with you well, yes everybody, everybody loves what he does now but i think he he's, was, yeah, he's good as iron man but people like him as iron man but in general i think yeah. most people also would like to see him do other shit that isn't just like him doing seen... a weird welsh accent and pulling shit out of a dragon's asshole richard richard the third natural born killers chaplain like he yeah i think everybody agrees with you that they wish That's robert Tony jr would go back to making real movies again i'm glad everyone and not, agrees and not fucking sherlock Holmes three and too little. Actually, I really like the Sherlock Holmes movies, but oh yeah, no, I, I shouldn't uh, just does. I haven't seen them. I'll uh, just okay. But... I'll say it. I I think he should just stop making Marvel movies and move the fuck on. I know well, he, he are, is he now. He did stop making Marvel movies. I know, but, but what uh, he's moving on to is like Doolittle <laughs> and shit. Well, no, nah, he's got a movie coming up that's like not Doolittle. Good. Uh, well, yeah. What was it? I, I actually now I remember. What was the thing? What was the director? Nobody knows. Don't I... remember the title, but the tagline was not Doolittle. Oh. That I'm sold. Oh, is it the? <laughs> is is it, it the wait, I have a question. Is is Doolittle in the general? Yeah. Yes. yes it Ooh, is. Hope that happens someday. That'd be fun. We should put yeah, Richard you might, the third you might, in the general. You might get it later. Um, <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. is starring in a Christopher Nolan movie about Oppenheimer. The that's what it was. I've become Death Destroyer of Worlds guy. Cool. Is I didn't know that's who that, that our, guy was. Our popular consciousness has whittled that man down to half saying one thing he said once. <laughs> and it's not even an original quote. What a loser. No, isn't yeah, he quoting something him. isn't he quoting something Buddhist? Uh I think Hindu? I don't know. I'm not sure. It's the I think it's the the bottom of Gita. But I, don't, I don't know. Do your research, guys. Jesus. Accountability officer Ryan uh strikes oh. again. Um but you guys really need me. Yeah, we're really fucking up. You know, this uh, we basically went to school oh, for accountability. I was right. So I was right. You. Nice. Pretty I take it all school. back. Ryan, we don't need you anymore. Thank you so much. Mitch. Um can, did anybody else think it was weird that the cops uh violently arrest a bunch of people and then go oh, to yeah. a bar and just start chugging booze and are like, I'm pretty we're sure they the say and I'm pretty sure they up. say no one was hurt. Uh, well, because no, I, I thought that seemed super accurate and realistic. Maybe <laughs> yeah, the most grounded thing in the movie. This is this is one of the things in the movie. I, I I'm this just gonna say this is one this, of the things in the movie. No, no, I'm just saying I don't really feel this in the future, but this movie is kind of propaganda. I really there were several it scenes is. in this movie yeah. that really made me uncomfortable in this day and age that I can't say about the fugitive, mainly because the U.S. Marshals are not the main characters in the fugitive. You know, you're rooting for the guy they're chasing. The big, what this all comes back to, my whole thesis here is the main problem with this movie is by switching the perspective from the, the fugitive to the guy chasing the fugitive, it just, if you're still trying to follow the same plot beats, it doesn't fucking work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, they also, at first they say it doesn't matter that that guy needed to get 27 stitches into the head because I butted him in the face with a shotgun. And my take on that is, 
I don't care if people were getting violent with you. You don't need to bash anybody in the face with a shotgun. Yeah. Maybe you don't just need, to, don't you don't need to say like good work for shooting that guy. Like when he's like going for the baby, but maybe going for the gun. I mean, it's, I watched LA confidential with my parents the other night and I like liked that movie when I was a kid, but I, I think that's also like a bit of propaganda. Like I think it's that a good true. movie, but it definitely, definitely has that too. Again, like '90s glorification of policing and kind of like yes. rough yeah. cops, one hundred percent. Well, and I feel like this movie is trying to get away from that with like the the bait and switch being like, oh, it was actually like an inside job, and it's, it's too like, cheap. Yeah, though. yeah, it, yeah, no, it is. Well and he's because, also and like also, not like a normal Wesley cop. Snipes he's a is suit. also <laughs> one of them. Yeah, it's so, all like, weird. Oh god, it's just. Everything um, was so much better than the original. Even because yeah. I will say, without spoiling, the first movie also has sort of a twist villain that is also revealed late in the movie, but it fucking works in that movie. Sean Connery playing Harrison it's, Ford's it's dad. It's not. It's not <laughs> Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> good so, joke. Good joke. What I will say, thank you. I'm glad. Um, also, it's kind of fucked up where it's like, okay, so we had to get on this flight with all of these uh, uh, prisoners. Um, and A, I can't believe that plane has a mechanism where there are chains on people's feet and they get locked into big metal rings and so they can't move their legs on the plane. That seems kind of weird. But yeah. also, my bigger complaint is the fact that they're gradually rescuing everybody from the capsized flooding cabin of the plane and one of the cops just goes, just leave the rest of them. And it's like, these people haven't necessarily been convicted of anything like wesley snipes's character has been accused of a crime right. like yeah these you are know. not you can't just say i think these people should drown in a plane not to Let's not to show accurate, like, though. not to show like my my prison abolitionist roots or anything but like if your carceral system has people like flying around on a 757 like maybe it's become too bloated and it right maybe it doesn't work state although know? of course that's also born from them wanting to up the scale from the first movie because in the first movie they're on a bus. Bus gets hit by a train. He gets out. He runs. Uh, and and then uh, this finally, is like, oh, the, we bus gotta... of, the bus of the sky. <laughs> exactly. They're like, we got to make it bigger. They're on a plane. The plane crashes. It's upside down. It's in the water. Whoa. That Sorry. was not also. A do you guys think that a pen gun chambered in twenty two? That was not to be Johnny said. That was just me making a loud noise. Do you guys okay. think that a, that a pen gun chambered in twenty two caliber would even like? break open a plane i'm not convinced this i don't think it'd well, make a hole that big i wouldn't even make a hole well, in hold it. on hold on it i think the okay so i don't know anything about the construction of planes i'm gonna say that now oh come on but in the interest of i'm gonna frame it as plausible deniability for the movie um <laughs> if there was a hole in the window now if that I'm assuming it was the force of the air and the compromised construction of the frame of the plane that caused it to rip open, not the fact that a shot was fired. Yeah. Mm. We'll have to take it up with Mayday. You guys ever watched Mayday? Mayday? No. Wait, no, do you mean the TV show? Yeah. Yeah, I have seen it. Once I was on a a flight and the Discovery Channel was there and they had like all of Mayday on it and I was like... You were on a flight watching Mayday? You're a psychopath. (laughs) It's like being on a flight watching flight. I was like, why the fuck is this on here? I was swimming in the Hudson River watching Sully on my phone. God, I, I really wish there was like a some airline only programmed their screens with just like movies about plane crashes. Or snakes. <laughs> that would be a I really good I was on a plane day. the other day. I should have watched uh, U.S. Marshals. That would have been scary. God. That would have been a good time for it. Yeah, probably um, a decent plane movie. Also, really quick... uh. 
the shot where the plane is landing and it's knocking over all of those electrical poles is a comedy shot and it's extremely <laughs> funny like they line up the perfect street with all of these electrical poles it feels like a shot that would be in uh i can't find the name of the movie wrongfully accused the 1998 satirical comedy film that is a parody of the fugitive starring leslie nielsen they came out yeah, in the same that's year. perfect yeah Yes, oh, it's a parody it of the fugitive, and that and that feels like a shot that would be in it because I, I yeah. haven't seen Wrongfully Accused, but I have seen the scene where they parody the bus crash, and they like take it and just make it crazier and sillier. I was so, like, the bus from done, Fortnite. Both have Leslie Nielsen. Sure. Yeah. Um. Also, I do want to say that the really quick I want to talk about is the way this movie shot, largely in particular because there's two sequences that I think are awesome. And I don't mm-hmm. know. Some of it's due to location. It's a great think, looking movie. But, I'll give it that. Uh, the stuff with the flooding capsized cabin of the plane looks really good. Yeah. The set yes. is great. The money. Obviously, this is a fairly big budgeted movie. Forty five million dollars. But it's really being spent in the right places. Yes. Looks great. Shock great. Feels really um, cramped and claustrophobic. But when they get out and they're like, OK, we're on the trail of this guy. And they go to the bayou and it's like a golden hour the entire time. And his it's, head emerges from like the sludge. Yeah, the he does the, he, they do the apocalypse now shot. It's fucking but, right. Uh, it is. I like. I thought that was probably my favorite bit of, bit of the movie. I, it's I'm a with great you. sequence, but also it's like exceptionally beautiful. Yeah, like, it's, it's. I was really surprised. Presented. I was just like, this looks be- the, like. I think the fugitive is also a great looking movie. I, yeah. I the Bayou sequence I think looks better than most the, of the fugitive. The Bayou looks like Tolkien fantasy golden light. Yeah, and like the the wow. trees are amazing. The way people move through it's really interesting. I it's love just like really Robert Downey Jr. looking through the binoculars at Wesley Snipes in the trees. Yeah, it's also that was all cool. Go ahead, Mitch. It's a bit reminiscent of like Southern Comfort. I don't know if any of you guys have seen that movie. Terrible liqueur. Terrible. I, was, you I knew you were going to mention it. that. But, um, not you, Ryan. You can't. We legally can't. <laughs> not you. You're, not where you live. No um, interest. Don't worry. But, uh, yeah. Um, it sort of reminds me of that movie, kind of like a southern horror movie in the bayou. <laughs> oh. Also, um, not to sort of go back really quick, how do these cops. I know they're like more like government agents than cops, but like they have they're a lot of cops. They have a lot of resources, huh? Like they show up to this town and they're like, close every bridge in a twenty mile radius. Yep, you can just do that. Like and then they, like, I think and have they people, do that in the first movie too. And then have yeah, people search, have physical human beings walk a search in like every direction, and I'm like. Where'd you guys get all these? Well, they kind of they kind of have like that tongue in cheek scene where the sheriff is kind of bumbling, bumbling. around. He's being like, yeah, "Put one sheriff of them, from Reno nine one one. Put one of them <laughs> there, uh, crossroads at ten uh, miles. Like when they do that, twenty. Like, they they do that it in was, the original movie, but Tommy Lee Jones do. does it more competently, and then he steps up and you know he wears the big boy pants and does it in this yeah. movie too. It's 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 done like it's like it's sort of sillier in this movie. Yeah, it's tongue in cheek in this one because it's like you remember how competent he was in the first movie <laughs> you know this you know this again. movie you know this movie cares about masculine competence because he calls robert downey jr's gun a sissy pistol because it's nickel plated oh i i do also want to say with you saying well they're not really cops i want to can i quickly compare i want to compare so much about these movies can i compare the taglines uh, oh my quick? god absolutely yeah, please yeah. do so, okay here's okay harrison ford is the fugitive and he and here's the here's the tagline uh, a murdered wife, a one-armed man, an obsessed detective. The chase begins. 
pretty good. Pretty good. I'd watch that. Sounds like Twin Peaks. I mean, it does. Kind of, <laughs> you had your chance. There's a one or two salesman in that. And here's the U.S. Marshals poster. The cop who won't stop is back, but this time he's chasing a <laughs> he's chasing down a lot more than a fugitive. The cop a who won't man. stop is back. Uh, that I love a good like, tagline. That sounds like comedy. <laughs> it is. It also rhymes, which is I'm not crazy about. The no, I, if this movie stop. was di- entirely done in iambic pentameter, it would have been way better. The cop who won't stop is back, and he's here to take a hop, skip, and a jump yeah. into an early grave. <laughs> this this week on U.S. Marshals, I love Tommy Lee Jones if you fights see, a chicken to death. If you want to see Robert Downey Jr. with iambic pentameter, watch Richard III. I will. That's your third Richard the Third punk, which means uh, a big I, jackpot alarm. Is I really like that. Movie. <laughs> it's like Mario awesome. Party. You roll two of the same dice and you get ten coins. Yeah, it's Welcome a great to get uh, ten coins. You do. I was um, playing Mario Party the other day. So <laughs> me too. Have you? You have superstars? Oh yeah, it's so fucking so good. good. Yeah. Let's just talk about Mario Party for the rest of the episode. I don't have a lot to say about that. Fuck Maybe you. Liam and I will just leave again, and even Mitch can hang out. <laughs> This is very yeah, unexpected, like Mario Party. Because we got off on such a bad start. Yeah, this, this yeah. episode is about you and Ryan becoming friends more than anything. That's kind yeah, of Mitch, send me your, <laughs> Mitch, send me your Switch friend code after this. All right. You guys are going to hang out. It's going to be great. Um, <laughs> so we're obviously talking about this in a fairly shatter, Scott. Scatter. Yeah, shatter, Sorry. Scattershot. <laughs> Black in the bayou. Scattershot. Uh, and so I want to try to narrow this down a little bit. Um, I sometimes do this when I'm worried that I don't know where to go next. But I just want to open the floor to what is your favorite sequence in this movie? Bayou. Okay, Bayou. We got one yeah, for Bayou. Uh, my, mine was uh, airplane. Hmm. Airplane crash okay. and moving through the sunken airplane. Okay, so we've got one for Bayou, one for airplane. Mine is probably Bayou also. I'm going to say Bayou because I think like the stuff in the urban areas just sort of feels like 90s action kind of flat. It gets a bit plain. I would say a close second might be when they're like the sequence in the old age home. Yeah. That was um, pretty good. Followed with like, the I rooftop really escape. I, I enjoyed it. Although it's still, oh, there's a lot of sequences that are good, but they were still bogged down by like, this is just the same as the other movie, but different yeah. and not. That's in a, the beauty of it. My soul sure. is not yeah, weighed like down by previous lines. knowledge. Thank like, you, George Lucas. But yeah, that's why I don't like the airplane scene as much. I think it's good, but all I'm thinking is like, oh, they're just trying to do a different version of the bus sequence. Or like the, the old folks home thing is good, and then it ends with him jumping off the building, which was clearly meant to be like him jumping yeah. off the dam in the both, first movie. Yeah, both of the action, sort of the, both of those sequences, both the airplane and the old age home kind of um, involve like vulnerable populations kind of being thrown like thrusted into the action and so i yeah. think it kind of heightens um i did like that. like like the tension right like well, it's and kind it of, takes its time like they go through a lot of those doors before it's the right door yeah and like that, it, that is it makes for a like a, a good high stakes action sequence right with when you have sort of helpless helpless people sort of thrown into the mix um yeah yeah it's just that the problem is i'm still not not as dialed in just because of the inherent stuff about the movie if a scene like yeah. that was in the first movie i've been like ooh, ooh, yeah but in this movie i'm just like oh that's neat because they're, they're <laughs> shooting guns in an old age home which is like 
a stupid, a stupid idea. I, I should like, also say this movie is basically the fugitive with guns. Like there's certainly gunplay in the first on, movie, but this on. one Does is the fugitive like not have guns in it. No, 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 no the U.S. forces have guns, but in this one, it's like the fugitive himself also has a gun, and he's actually killed people, and, and, and he's like, a so marine with shit. like with black ops like experience, and he's killed probably a lot of people before this. Like he's not the everyman. He's not he's the hyped, everyman. And he's also. He's, he yeah. gets more technology than the U.S. Marshals have. My favorite, yeah. one of my favorite things in this movie is when Wesley Snipes is sitting at that table and it's just loaded with like tech gear, and I'm like, where did he get all this yeah. shit? I have a harder. He got it all in a Nothing cigar Nothing like box? that in the first movie. In the first movie, it's all like like, like him doing the best with what he's got, sort of yeah. stuff. He goes to his boy in the cigar shop, and it's like he gives him money and like a gun and some passports, but it's like he didn't give you like a VCR and a security camera and a joystick thing. He figured uh, it out. He figured. What I want to ask you, but actually, I found a better way to narrow this down. How do we feel about the Wesley Snipes and girlfriend subplot? I cannot remember that character's name for the life of me. Completely boring. I hate it. I I don't get, like I said, I don't get bored, but I I didn't feel very much. I mean, they they did all of this just so she could, like, leave him behind at, like, a fence in a cemetery. Like, it's not. And then I mean, we don't see her again until the very end. That in itself and, is not a great like path. We don't really know what happens to her after they catch up. She's underwritten. Uh, underwritten yes. is the word I use about like pretty much all like the female characters in the movies that we talk about. But yeah, but uh, especially especially in this one, like it, it's it's like we introduce her, you set her up, and then we forget about her. And uh, yeah. I didn't. I like guess that. they didn't know how to plug the fugitive actually having an alive uh, love interest into this uh, formula they were trying to fair. Yeah. They're used to her being dead in the old. Well, And part of, part of it too, is that I think if you make it clear that Wesley Snipes is innocent sooner, you can do more with Marie yeah. because you right. don't think that she's being misled. I think she's here this you, to be relatable, right? Like you spent, but you spend a good hour assuming she is being used yeah. and she while she is it's not malicious she's but willfully think it is doing it as well right. I have a question Corey. did you not know that he was innocent for the first bit of the movie i mean what more what i mean is because they they make it really clear right away that like oh, yeah, some shit is I'm up with curious. robert downey jr but that okay can i just ex- say this is embarrassing i gasped when it when he shot the guy i didn't <laughs> see it coming but that doesn't exonerate Wesley Snipes. And I just think if if we because obviously, like, yeah, they go to the security camera lady and they get they go to the government and they're like, hey, what's the deal? So, like, we find out. But they I think if they play that card sooner from Wesley Snipes, like if he had something that he could tell or show Marie that helped make it clear to the audience and to her that he's not lying. Yeah then you can build up interest in that and sympathy in that sooner. So when they do go to the, the feds, you're like, finally are the Tommy Lee Jones and the gang are, are on the team and you don't really get that. And then that's around the mm-hmm. point that where it does start getting muddled with, you have um, the whole like uh, national security angle kind of muddling up the rest of it anyway. Right. Uh, but, and Liam, how about you? How was that? Uh, that sort of b-plot relationship for you the relationship uh i was not interested in um you guys have used the word trite a few times and i would i would absolutely agree um and like the whole movie basically all the way through even the stuff i liked um like the the bigger action set pieces it still feels like 
a sort of movie that is just like par for the course of the genre comes and goes. I mean, horror movies have this as well. There are so many horror movies where it's like, I watch it. I know it's a decently made movie that does everything uh, that a lot of horror movies do, but it leaves no lasting impression. And it's like not really remarkable anyway, in any way, but it just, it does the thing. And I think this does it. Um, and uh, so when it comes to like the extraneous stuff uh, that is not just like big genre things um, like the relationship I didn't get into. But like when it comes to the the couple twists of like Wesley Snipes character uh, um, actually being like totally innocent and um, Robert Downey Jr. being a bad guy, I was surprised. Um, those, those sort of twists are, again, like typical of the genre. Um, but still, I didn't I didn't see them coming in in both of those cases. I didn't I didn't pick out those characters as definitely uh, being what they were. And so um it was uh it was uh nice to see it happen yeah but but no no huge impression was made but it was cool right cool yeah no that makes sense um it's tough it's weird uh the way that we've been talking about this movie it does sort of help illustrate to me that it's it's kind of tough to talk about because like the things that it does well are fairly straightforward where it's just like the action sequences are well executed and you're you're wrapped by those but then the the rest of the form of being held up on those pedestals is kind of meh so you're just sort of stuck with being like i don't know it's a good way to like check out some cool action sequences but you are as well off just watching those on like a youtube video than you are watching the movie in its entirety um because i don't think the good moments from other performances of which i would highlight Robert Downey Jr., Tommy Lee Jones, um, because they're given the most to do, and obviously they're talented actors. Uh, yeah, like you don't need that to enjoy the action sequences that we get, and I appreciate that they're quite long. So, um, yeah, yeah that's how I would just think about that. But uh, you know. Uh, that makes me sound a bit more underwhelmed than I think I actually was by the movie. But like Liam said, I don't have a huge desire to like revisit it. But uh, the rede- like I I appreciate the RDJ prestige reveal and uh, like the fact that Wesley Snipes like Tarzan swings onto a train. You know, I'm there for that. The reveal in the first movie is better though. It's <laughs> <laughs> all I can and, say. Uh, Every time you praise something, I'm just like, yeah, but watch the first movie. Ryan is going to be on his deathbed someday. I'm sorry to tell you, but it might happen. And um, I might die. That might happen someday. You're just going to be like, oh, man, you know what was better than my life? The Fugitive. <laughs> <laughs> it's the honorary fifth on my letterbox top four. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but Liam, I think you were about to say something. Yeah, um, I was going to say... Um... I what I did find interesting about like just the experience of watching this movie and it didn't even really relate to like the quality of the movie at all but I liked um watching a movie that I could very quickly tell was like the movie of the time very briefly like 
and now hmm. it's forgotten, which is very right. interesting to me. And so I thought, I thought when we were watching this, I thought, man, we're we got to be the only people to have ever podcasted about this movie once this is done. And so I just did a quick search on Apple Podcasts right. to see who has done this, and I've only found two results of podcasts yep, that did a too. full episode. And and the types of podcasts they are is very interesting because they do a lot of the same types of movies we do, Corey and Mitch. Well, and Ryan, I'm talking to all you guys. Hello. Um, and uh, <laughs> and the 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 podcast titles. One of them is called Sequel Cast Two. No and free Friends. plugs. And uh, <laughs> I remember I remember looking this up back when I first uh, proposed this idea to Corey when I first said I want to do this movie. Right. Yeah. 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 And don't worry, Corey. We'll get these two podcasts to to PayPal Canceled. us some money before, or just bleep their names. This <laughs> exactly. If if you've heard me say their names in this episode and they're not bleeped, uh, they paid us. Um, and then and the, the other podcast is called Forgotten Cinema, and they both cover U.S. Marshals. Very fitting. But um, what really struck me was that if this movie had come out ten years later or twenty years later. There would be so many podcasts about it, not because it's a, a notable movie, but just because there are so many movie podcasts now and they all do the movie of the week. The you know, this release. is the, the but, big release of the weekend, and this would have been it. And well, so and the cast is pretty stacked. Like it, these are no yeah. slouches. The crew is no slouches, right? Like yeah. it would have been a big deal. But they don't make yeah, whatever like this anymore. Weekend. But because know. it's a- just a one random action movie from 1998 that everyone is like, yeah, but it's not as good as the first one. No people barely talk about it. If you look up U.S. Marshals Review on YouTube, you'll find like a quick Siskel and Ebert clip and like a few small channels talking about it. Multiple of which are just talking about a lot of Tommy Lee Jones movies. Hold on. This may not have been the movie of the week. Other movies that came out that day include (laughs) The Big Lebowski Run Lola wow. Run and the Thin Red Line. This may not same have been week? the movie of the weekend. Wow. These all came out on almost the same day. The Thin Red Line came out the day before. Run Lola Run came out three days before. Big Lebowski same day. Wow. I don't know, man. I think I think in both those cases, um, uh, besides the Thin Red Line, I think people would like be talking about U.S. Marshals way more. Whereas, and then Big Lebowski and Run Lola Run like gained their audiences later. But, but yeah. I think I think this and Thin Red Line are the heavy hold, hitters. Hold on, for follow, sure. you know what's fucking crazy? What was the highest grossing movie um, for the, for the day U.S. Marshals came out? Because I'll tell you right now uh, that U.S. Marshals was second. Oh, we're just playing the box office game now. Fine. And it wasn't any of the three you just said? No. Uh, 98? I bet uh, Titanic it still had it. It was fucking Titanic still. Yeah, yeah, I believe it. I'll have you know that my favorite movie podcast literally does this at the end of every episode. Wow, uh, I can't believe we're not your favorite. Ryder off the show. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, bl- blank check with Griffin and David at the end of each episode. They uh, You can bleep their name if you want. No free plugs. Uh, but, <laughs> they don't need it. It doesn't matter. Yeah, they, they are more popular than you. Sorry to say. Uh, <laughs> but, Ouch. Uh, but at the end of every, they episode, pay you to say that. They, one of them has the other guess uh, what the top five at the box office were the week the movie came out, and it's fun. And now you're just doing that, and that's cool. I like. So it. F- follow up, Liam. Do you know what was thirtieth? Do I know what was thirtieth? Yeah. Uh, my gosh, Corey. Um. Psycho, an American werewolf in Paris. Oh, Oh, okay, nice friend of the show. How long had it been out for? The titular American werewolf. 
Um, that's a good question. Like, is that a big drop off, or is that like opening weekend just <laughs> ravaged? Uh, this website's not loading, so I'm just gonna Google the movie. Yeah. Are we out of things to say if we've started just googling I'm, other I'm random not, shit? It has been, out for, it had been out for a while. I think I like earlier. I said you know they don't make <laughs> they don't make movies like this anymore, and they and they don't like. I think I think like the the stunt work in this movie and the special effects are really exceptional. Yes. They're really um, good. They're Except really... for the one shot of the two guys driving a car that's clearly on rear projection. Oh yes. I will I, always I, fun to see. I kind of like rear projection, but that's I don't the... mind it. I I it's I, not, I it's I, not seamless though in a movie where the rest of the effects are. Yeah, it's not seamless. Yes. Sure. But uh like effects in the first movie also great. I I gave I like the movie. I gave the sort of the plane crash sequence a hard time with like you know would it really break the fuselage of an airplane but like the effect there when it rips out it looks really good it looks I really, really good. care about that sort of thing anyways i'm not i'm not like um actually i'm not, not a cinema sins guy but exactly. uh but uh and like the the fighting when they're they're over that like shipment of grain or whatever and they're they're balancing it's on an the, interesting final set piece it's a good yeah it's a good final set piece and and also that that one jump from the roof of the retirement home again this movie has yeah exceptional just, just there take on the damn jump yeah yeah the, the damn jump uh, the darn jump we don't swear on this podcast oh sorry i i, I should i shouldn't uh, objectively okay. untrue thing <laughs> Yeah, but um, no, I I think Mitch is right that the movie does look really great, and the choreography, the action choreography is good. It yes. doesn't overcomplicate its action; it's very clear and like legible. Yeah, spatially, which is spatially just like in the first good. movie, spatially yeah. aware in a way that a lot yes. of things aren't. And also, it takes its time, where it's like there's a lot of sort of not just literally in that there's a lot of like waiting before an mm. action scene starts, where yeah, like they're yeah. monitoring things like in the cemetery or whatever, but. When the action starts, it's usually only a handful of people at most, and it's very clear what's happening, yes. and uh, that goes a long way to helping tell an effective story. Yeah. So I will say I prefer. I don't like this when we're comparing the two movies, and and when they have similar stories, I prefer the nonstop pace of the first movie. This is a lot more stop and start because we're following yeah. the people chasing the guy, so it's more like. There, you you're mostly seeing them like you know looking at at, at uh you know like blah, 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 enhance uh and, and and all that and then and then you, and then there's a chase sequence and then more talking talking enhancing yeah. even when there are scenes that aren't just chasing and it's like Harrison Ford trying to figure something out, it still has the same pace to it because you know it's still like he's still one step ahead he's still like like every second trying to figure out who killed like who killed his wife trying to find the one armed man all of that ah such a good movie compared to this oh. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where it's like I watch this movie and all I want to do is watch The Fugitive. You should watch them both at the same time on two different screens and then just see if you like enter a fugue state or something. <laughs> all I want to do a now, f- the having, Fugitive, having seen this, is there watch, it is. Podcast is watch uh, Rolling Thunder. That's a legible action movie. Well, it's more of like a neo noir exploitation film written by our boy Paul Schrader, friend of the pod. What I would not give. Yeah, he, he'd come on get- and call you all SJWs. What I wouldn't give for Paul Schrader to stop posting online and come on our podcast. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I wish. I wish. Yeah. <laughs> um. But uh. Yeah. No. Um. Not bad. 
Uh, not bad at all. I will US agree Marshall. with that. It is not a bad movie. You could do no. much worse. You could do much, much worse for for True. like an, an action film. Like I, I had a good enough time with it, and I, I grew up on like action movies from this period a little bit before, like a lot of the Hong Kong action, um, The Matrix. Like that was like my bread and butter when I was a kid. God, I'm sure this would have been too. Um, but yeah, you could do you could do a lot worse. It's and it's like a good sort of like action movie with like muscular action with punches that you can feel and and yeah um, muscular action muscular dudes muscular like Tommy Lee Jones muscular guys is Tommy Lee Jones muscular no for his age sure um he's like 800 years old or something in this movie I, um, I, I yeah maybe 798 yeah he looks good for 798 I will say um it is weird that it's weird seeing a character presented so uncritically as Sam Gerard because he's like yeah. inherently unlikable in yes. that he does a lot of things that puts other people in compromising positions. And they have that line where he's like, Oh, what? So you're just going to abandon everything, like all of our rules yeah. and values and the way we go about work because you're going to win. And he goes with the, like, I'm not your friend. I always have to win. This is my thing. And he just like he does this like weird machismo shit, but it's presented without a hint of like self reflection yes. or irony at all. This it is why it's bad to make him thing. the main character. It goes in line a bit with the propaganda thing, but also I think it's just just like weirdly hyper masculine. And I mean, like a lot of action movies are, but the fugitive is not not that much. Yeah, and Tommy Lee Jones is not this movie. He's not selling it in a way that I like. in the in the in the future. Yeah, because right? he's he's a vascular surgeon. Yeah. He's not he he's not like a former army dude or or, mil, or vascular a synonym for muscular. Sure, that's <laughs> what that word means. But no, he's like he just like he's just like a, a a surgeon in Chicago, and then and then they think he killed his wife, and he's like and he's like I, I came home, but there was a man in my house. Sorry, I love doing that voice. I didn't kill my wife. I will say required material for this episode. Look up. Uh, Look up Harrison Ford on Conan when they showed Harrison Ford a supercut of him pointing in movies. Uh, it's great. They include a clip from The Fugitive, and it's one of the few times I've seen Harrison Ford laugh in an interview. He is very serious in interviews. He's uh, somebody let Harrison Ford laugh, please. Oh, he's 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 Ford. serious in interviews, or or like he's just like shit solo. He just them. doesn't care. If like, they bring up, like, if they bring up Star Wars, so if they bring up Star Wars, he's like, I'm gonna crash my plane again. <laughs> I I love getting paid money by Walt Disney Corporation, and I'm gonna go crash a plane if you don't stop asking me yeah. about Star Wars. Take my pilot's license. Take it. See if I care. <laughs> Speaking of which, is the is Call of the Wild in the general? Yes, uh, probably. Yes, I don't is. know. Not yet. Yeah. It is. Yeah. You put it in. Liam put Amazing. it in. Um, can I tell a funny joke that I wrote into my notes? Yeah. No. No. <laughs> Guess I won't. Okay. <laughs> no, tell it. Uh, no, please do. I, was <laughs> to tell. I guess I should have given you permission. Uh, I wrote <laughs> Robert Dorney Jr. because he gets hit with a door. That was the, the honestly, that's the best bit of the movie. Uh, it's really weird that he just sort of like. Just because, so you already obviously like you already know Robert Downey Jr. is the bad guy, but then yep. he gets hit by a door completely by accident. You know he's a bad guy when you see those fucking sunglasses and he won't take no, them off. No, I know, but what I mean is I'm like... I'm bad so at predicting. I, I'm not someone who predicts where movies are going. I just Me too, to me too, The Ryan. movie's made it so clear by that point, but what I mean is like, 
so they they're like we need a way for robert downey jr to not be in this fight so he can shoot wesley snipes from up above i don't know i guess we'll hit him with a door (laughs) also that that was fun it made me laugh um i will say other comparison sorry to interrupt uh, but in in the original movie, you find out that a certain character is the bad guy when the main character finds out. And I think I prefer that. That's yeah. That's, yeah, that's yeah I think point. I actually think the opening credit should have included a title card that says just everybody's allegiances and uh, also, <laughs> make, also makes clear that the movie showing morally wrong things is not an endorsement because I have a small, smooth brain, and if people don't make that clear to me, I just get really upset. Oh, I, I just noticed something on the Fugitive Wikipedia page, 1993 film. It says Samuel Gerard redirects here for the person that portrays him. See Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> they think that Samuel Gerard, the character from The Fugitive, is more famous than Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> yeah, maybe like, God, who was that Samuel Gerard guy again? Shit. Gotta oh, plug fuck. it into the Wikipedia search uh, search bar. I oh. I, that's so funny, though. That's so extremely funny. I will Thank say you. they had almost the same budget, but The Fugitive made like triple the box office, which it, I find sure genuinely kind of interesting. Yeah. Got uh, it. So obviously you're going to have me back to talk about the 1960s <laughs> series, every episode of the 1960s series. And I don't know if you did enough research. Do you know there was also a series in the year 2000 that only lasted mm-hmm. one season starring Tim Daly as Dr. Richard Kimball? Tim Who's Daly, of course. Tim Daly? I know who he is because I recently watched through Superman the Animated Series, and he's Superman in that. Great is it Superman. Tim, I thought Tim Daly was a famous British diver. That's a joke for, for all you people at home. Is he related to the golfer, John Daly? And the one-armed man <laughs> Dude, the one-armed man was played by Stephen Lang, who is the bad guy in Avatar uh, in uh, the future. Which in Avatar? The, the blue one. Okay. Thank Seven you. More. <laughs> the blue one? <laughs> um. We might do that, or uh, if people are fresh out of things to say about The Fugitive, what we could do is find out what we're doing next with Ryan. I want to make that clear, because uh, we're going to do a William Castle film genero, but it's that time of year again, the end of it, and uh, so what we're going to do is uh, we have a bunch of Christmas movies coming up, uh, for the month of December, we have five Christmas movies coming up. Uh, due to popular demand, the first one will be oh god, what is it called? Like Home Alone Home or something? Home, home Sweet Home Alone. Home Sweet Home Alone, uh, which is the new thank you, Ryan, accountability officer, which is the new Home Alone movie with Rob Happy Delaney. And I don't know, some other people are probably in it, I don't really know anything about it. Uh, but we're gonna watch Delaney. Uh, fucking what's her name? 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 Some other people. Yeah, some other people. It doesn't matter. One lady from the office. You know the one. Uh, so we're gonna watch Home Sweet Home Alone, and then we're gonna do a month of Christmas movies. And uh, one marquee title I will point out is that we are going to finally uh do what other people are not brave enough to do, uh, which is podcast about the live action Grinch movie. Oh boy. Uh, with jade uh but ryan what we're gonna do now is uh because you know short term doesn't really pan out we don't need the william castle film general right away but we would we would be remiss if we did not let a guest participate as we usually try to so uh liam so excited 
could you do me a favor and uh, let me know how many movies we have in the William Castle film genre? 329 programs. 329. I always got to so, correct you on that movie thing because you never know what's hiding in here. Right. It does, Less it's than not a year's worth. worth. It's, it's not necessarily how old are programs. Because it's, it's not, not, ju- it's not movie. just movies. There's there's some TV specials, oh, TV series, I stuff love like that. that Maybe a video game like Mario Party 5. Maybe every episode of every version of The Fugitive. That program is my favorite. Okay, so we have 329 things in the William Castle film genre. Oh god, I just remember one other thing I wanted to mention. Fuck. What is it? We got time. I remember. I told you this at the beginning. I should have mentioned this at the beginning of the podcast, but uh, this is my second time being on a podcast because there's a guy I know from Twitter. He's a he's a really he makes uh, YouTube poops. He's really funny. I'm not going to say his name because he probably doesn't want this story to be public. But he started a podcast. But I'm going to tell it anyway. <laughs> well, I'm not going to say his name. He'll never know. I don't think he listens to this podcast. Uh, but uh, he 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 did a podcast. His first episode, he talked with some people about Paper Mario, the Origami King. And his second episode, he had me on and three other people to talk about Gravity Falls. And I was like, cool, I love that show. And the episode went over two hours. He did not want it to go that long. It was the conversation was a mess. It was re- there was a lot of dead air. It was really awkward, and he never made a podcast again and never uploaded that episode. Wow! So you killed the that podcast. That is hilarious. Yeah. And my fear going into this is that I would kill this podcast. <laughs> and so far, so far, it seems like you guys have. Right. You don't have right. that kind of power. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I've taken some some pretty good shots at you guys. I, I've, yeah, I've, Mitch might quit, but dance. I'm still in. Hold on, hold on, Ryan. Is your big reveal that you came into this <laughs> podcast with the goal of ending it permanently? <laughs> you can't prove anything, Corey. Do I, you I re- believe it. I believe I didn't it. Kill my wife, Corey. Do you remember how in like <laughs> how in 2005 WWE Randy Orton's gimmick was the legend killer? Because Ryan is yeah. a podcast killer. That's his this whole exactly. thing. What this feels like, I, 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 I came in here on? to RKO your podcast. <laughs> what, this feel, what this feels like is Ryan taking off a mask and just going, it was me, Austin. <laughs> <laughs> it's me, Austin. It was me all along. <laughs> Thank you, Scooby-Doo. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do every fucking Scooby-Doo crossover. You got to do Scooby-Doo meets Kiss. You got to do the WWE shit. Gotta do all that on this podcast. We've already edited that soundbite into an episode. That's enough for me. Mm. Oh, fair enough. At the very end of the Scooby Doo Zombie Island episode, you can hear the Undertaker say thank you, Scooby Doo. <laughs> That's right. I um, did listen to that episode. So 329 programs in the William I'm Castle. So sorry. <laughs> no, now, now it's now it's 338. I uh, thought of lots more in the last hour. <laughs> did you actually do that? <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, okay. Oh. Three hundred twenty-nine. So, Ryan, what I wanted to ask you quick before I spin, sure. uh, what are you hoping for? Oh, that's interesting. Because yeah, I, I am fully committed to come on for whatever the fuck this is. You trying to crush his dreams? Or Even something? horror? Are you cool with horror movies? Ryan? No, I'm into horror now. I just watched. I'm 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 almost done watching every single John Carpenter movie. I'm into horror now. Cool. I, it just took a while. I was terrified of movies for a long time. Men in Black, which I mentioned earlier, when I saw that when I was 12, when Vincent D'Onofrio pulls the face of the skin on his face back, I cried and turned off the movie. Uh, there was a lot of that for a long time. Uh, by the as I was getting older, I started to kind of grow out of that. So over the last like couple years, I started watching more horror. My gateway was Get Out. And since then, I've been watching more and more horror, watching new ones and some of the classics. And like most of those classic watch, classics I've watched now are John Carpenter movies because I've been watching them to keep up with 
Blank Check, the podcast I mentioned earlier. You seen The Fog? Uh, yes, great movie. Not goat. his best, but a very good movie. I really love it. I think it's one of his. Oh, best. It's, re- it's really good. My 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 the big ones for me are uh, uh, the Thing, Starman, yeah. Prince of Darkness, and In the Mouth of Madness. I'm not crazy about the Prince of Darkness, but oh, Prince of Darkness is incredible. It's so my shit. Okay, I'm sorry. So do the general. <laughs> I've delayed it long enough. Okay, so uh, you 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 want anything? Okay, so here's here we go. Big money. No skeletons. Three, two, one, spin. Okay, we're like we're we're around the middle here. So this could truly be anything. This okay. could be Adam's family to the squeakwell or whatever. I, I will say know. I'm kinda hoping for an animated movie because it is very out of character for me to be on here not talking about an animated movie because I'm a huge animation. Nerd. God, how many have we even done, Liam? Like two? Animated movies? Yeah, Toy He's Story 4, TMNT. which we always forget about. TMNT. Yep, uh, Scooby-Doo, uh, Zombie Scooby-Doo. Island 2. Scoob. So a 4. Oh, yeah, we did do Scoob, huh? I listened to that episode, like, last week. Nice. I hope it was good still. Wouldn't surprise yeah, me if there's it. another in there. But uh, there's yeah. definitely animated stuff on here, because uh, I, li- I love animated stuff, too. So, so, so yeah. Liam, how about, how about you tell us... Uh, Tell us what we're working with. What's 242 and 244, and then we'll do the big reveal. Oh, boy. I'm excited. So you spun 243, right? If my math yeah, is correct. Yeah, so let's, let's tell Ryan what he's not watching. <laughs> okay. Oh, boy. Oh so boy. I'll, I'll watch him anyways out of spite. Yeah. I'll tell you, uh, sure. I'll tell you a number of things you're not watching because um, uh, you asked if Doolittle and Call of the Wild were both on the list. And I just want to note oh. that those are early on the list. So I've been doing this list for as long as the po- a bit before the podcast started. So I've been doing yeah, like- this for like over two years. I've had the list going. And yeah. num- number 12 was Doolittle. And oh, wow. Call of the Wild that was, was one 16. Of the first ones that came to mind for you? I, I guess it, it was just contemporary, right? Yeah, so. I know. It's just thinking about it now. That's so funny. Yeah, which is why Call of the Wild is also sixteen. Um, yeah. But we didn't do any of those. So remind me of the number, Corey. Uh, two forty-three. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> we just missed two forty-two, which was Angels in the End Zone. There's a uh, sequel to no Angels in the Outfield. Way. Yeah. 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 I did not I didn't know, know that, that was a was thing. A thing. Wow, Ryan, are we in the drift? We just said the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah. I, I haven't seen Angels in the Outfield, but I had no idea there was a sequel. Angels in the End Zone is such a funnier sentence than yeah. Angels it, in the Is it a football movie? Angels get a yeah, touchdown. Yeah, it is. Angels do usually yeah. reside yeah, in the End football Zone. Football movies are worse than baseball movies. What were they thinking? Wow. Slandering um, Remember the Titans. And so Sorry, it's, it's, it's pretty good, but football is just less cinematic. That's a good point. Um... So we're not doing that. Maybe one day we will, so I won't talk much about it. But I will say that Angels in the End Zone was my Angels in the Outfield. I didn't know Angels in the Outfield existed. Liam, you're my favorite person. This has never been mentioned in your friendship before. (laughs) Liam, I I love you so much. Uh, I just I had it on VHS and I just hammered it out. Yeah. Um, Two forty four. Just missed it. Is sorry, Mitch. The Godfather Part Three. Oh, I've never seen part one and two. That would have been funny. That would have been a trip. Really? Yeah, just missed it. I've seen part of part one, but I've never. Seen it. I'm, Liam, with, I'm I mean, with you there, Ryan. Haven't seen Mitch, any of them. Yeah, I haven't seen The Godfather either. Oh, oh that would have been crazy. Corey, For real? Wow. Wow. Yeah, no, it's really long. I haven't watched it yet. I'll watch uh, it. You should watch it. I'm, really? I will. The Godfather's a good movie? Oh. 
I'm not like avoiding it. I wasn't it. saying that. I was just saying you should. No, no, I'm, I'm being silly. <laughs> All right. Um, and I'll also note that uh, we missed the fog, the remake of the fog, since you guys mentioned oh. that. That's on here. Right. I actually I control F, and apparently I put it on the list twice. So we still didn't <laughs> hit it, despite increased odds. And we also didn't hit Looney Tunes back in action, which is on I love here. Looney Tunes so hopefully back we can action. do that with Ryan at some point. God, I can't wait oh, to please, we eventually I'd love to. do that. Um, but 243, I, I think, based on what little I know about you, Ryan, but I've been listening closely, I think this might be a good Ryan pick. It's not animated. Oh okay. But um, it, it has some whimsy to it. It's, it's a bit like older, so I don't know if you've seen it, but I just think you might be interested. Okay, okay. 243 is the TV movie uh-huh. Return to Oz. Oh! Oh, with the, 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 the Guys, I think that's not a TV movie. I thought it's the, the prison. Is it? HBO Oz? Is this is this like the Wizard of Oz follow up? I'm the one pretty with the sure. On wheels. I'm pretty that sure was the, that was a theatrical movie. And yeah, it has 1985, right? Released Fer- by Walt Disney. Right with Feruza Balk. Huh. Yeah, wait, 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 wait. No, no. no yes, I'm thinking this, of a this different. This is a theatrical film. Oh, there you yeah, go. Okay. It is. Cool. It just Feruza bombed so hard. Yeah, yeah. She's young Dorothy. Yeah, it was her first acting role ever. And that's uh, that's all I know. Well, I guess I'll save it. But that's yeah, I've never seen Return know, to yeah. Oz. I've always been meaning to check it out. I'd be happy to talk about it. Okay, yeah. so we'll watch that eventually. <laughs> sure. There is a character in this movie named TikTok, and it's spelled exactly how you think it is. Yeah, I be- I be- <laughs> I believe TikTok is from the from the books. So, yes, do you think is. that the app TikTok stole it from Return to Oz? When I was a kid, I read multiple Oz books. I read like the first four of them. So, but I never watched Return to Oz. The but vibe of this to Return to Oz poster is like, what if? Oh no! Okay, shit! Somebody help me! What is that movie with the kid, the kid in his pajamas and his bendy like flies around? Oh, somebody help a, me! A Little Nemo? Yeah, it looks like if Little Nemo took place at Halloween. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I've all I've ever heard of this movie is that it's crazy. It made like no money, and it terrified every child who watched. Yeah, it. I know that. Like, isn't the last scene like terrifying or something? I think it's the last. Is this movie directed by fucking Walter Murch? It, it sure is. Holy shit! I know, right? That's fucking crazy. Oh, hey, I don't know who this is, but it says he Hyper worked on the guys oh, other movies. Walter he- Murch is like a prolific like sound guy. He did the sound on like the Godfather movies and shit. Godfather, yeah. Apocalypse Now, THS 1138. Not that you would know because you've never heard it. The yeah, exactly. That's where I'm at, he Mitch. Wor- he worked most importantly, on... most importantly, he ed- he co-edited Brad Bird's Tomorrowland. Most importantly. Hey. Uh, Walter Murch is the fucking homie. I studied him in like film classes and shit. That He's rules. great. He, but you, apparently you didn't study him well enough. Yeah, Gordon, you must have got an F. F. <laughs> <laughs> well, Okay. Didn't so, mention Return to Oz once in that paper. It's got Nickel so, Williamson too. So once we get through our Christmas month, uh, at, so at some point cool. in the new year, we will return to Oz. I was worried it would be a movie I'd never heard of. So this is neat. I honestly, you know, it's got an op- it's got options, but uh, yeah, yeah. So that's that's what we've got coming up with uh, with Ryan. It's not uh, anything related to the hit 1993 film. That one Academy Awards, The Fugitive, but Ra- but Ryan's going to compare it to The Fugitive the entire time. <laughs> Ryan, yeah, Honestly, your role is you have you to compare what? everybody I'm to gonna The Fugitive. I'm going to fucking get a notepad with me when I watch Return to Oz and just fucking jot it all down. Like make a, a really organized like table 
of comparisons. <laughs> Ryan, yes. that's that's how I feel about you now. Like I just I know your love for the fugitive. So basically, whenever I hear you've seen a movie, I want to know if it's better or worse than the fugitive. Okay, give me sh- give me a movie. Okay, uh, the fog. Uh, worse. Prince of Darkness. Oh, they're so different. Tied. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that gives me a good idea. Weak. Then. So, well, Mama okay. Mia, here we go. About, yeah, again. yeah. 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 Uh, Mama Mia, here we go again. Just makes those me musical feel... numbers are basically action sequences. You can compare these. Yeah. Mama Mia, here we go again. Just makes me feel so much. It is one of the most joyful cinematic experiences ever that I've ever seen. I guess I I can't. I have to put it. Fugitive is probably a better movie. Nobody in Mia, The Fugitive sings about kissing their teacher. Exactly. Not the, one person. What about Ratatouille? I want to do the rest of the top four. Rest of the top four. Your name and the Ratatouille's thing. Ratatouille's better. Your name is better. Well, I guess it's not in the top four, so it must be worse than those. Yeah, you, exactly. you would think Terrible so, movie. but I fucking hate the Fugitive. Might be able to punch some holes in it. Okay, I get it. I get it. Hold on. Uh, Return to Oz fell behind schedule during production, and following a change of Disney management, Walter Murch was briefly fired. All right, Corey, oh, you're getting wow. ahead of yourself. Come on. Yeah, yeah I, I found an interesting fact, too, but I'm going to save it. That's cool. right. Good so self-control, Ryan. at some Ryan. point in the new year, we will get Ryan back, and we will talk about Return, Return to, to Oz. Oz. In the meantime, awesome. thank you so much for mostly talking to us about The Fugitive, but also talking to us a little bit about you as Marshalls. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, no, I no, think no. if you really, if you really like did the math, I probably did talk more about The Fugitive than U.S. Marshalls. And honestly, that's that's fine. You know, you guys did the rest for. for me. Yeah, we did the heavy lifting. But no, thank you. This was really fun. Um, that was great. Do you have anything you want to plug or shout out or just tell uh, tell the audience? Social medias, I guess. Uh, sure. Uh, I want to plug my Instagram only because it's a funny name, but I won't because uh, it's it's a personal one that like I only do the talk with fits. So I'm just gonna tell you guys. Can you bleep it out, Corey? Yeah. Uh, my Instagram handle is. <laughs> <laughs> bleep that out. It's uh, but trust me, it's hilarious. That? Is that a character from the Fugitive? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He's played. He's played by uh, fucking Jane Lynch. <laughs> Jane, Jane Lynch. Funny, that is the funniest name you could have said. <laughs> I said it because Jane Lynch does have a one scene role in the Fugitive. I just, I just followed. Thank you. Um, but uh, you know, I'll, I'll make sure that's not in there. Also, I just but, realized. We'll say my Twitter and stuff. Yeah. My Discord name is, as you know, Corey is Frickward Testicles. Uh, also, uh, but my uh, my my Twitter is uh, Florp Face Jingle Buns at uh, Ace Kiddo you? and Real. Yeah, you didn't you didn't make the connection. Yeah, no! that's me. Hello. I didn't if know it, that was you. Oh man, so yeah, that, we did get a Twitch Ryan reveal. That weirdo following you on Twitter, replying to your tweets is me. Oh, I didn't did, know that. I, you thought I was just some stranger. I if you looked in its location in my bio, it says also known as as Frickward Testicles. Wow. No, because I. I Okay, well, I learned something new today. I think part of it was that, uh, wow, yeah, part okay. of it was <laughs> yeah, like, know. nope, can't explain oh. it. Actually, <laughs> I think part of it was, um, I would have discovered the Twitter follow before we would have been talking on Discord, so they just didn't connect in my brain. Yeah, probably. Interesting. Well, that actually clarifies a lot for me. Yeah. Uh, I guess now I'm you can finally follow, follow me back. I'm fucker. gonna follow you back now. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hilarious! <laughs> I just <laughs> okay. That's wow. Well, okay, that was a revelation on the podcast. 
Before I was I, not expecting that reaction at all. <laughs> so before we wrap this up, uh, I just realized I have one more thing to say about U.S. Marshals. Oh, oh please. Gosh. Which is that I really like the scene where they're fighting in the chicken suit because there is a wrestling show going on in the background. And oh, uh, yeah. I swear it looked like Chris Jericho was on. And yeah. Yeah, um, I was trying to figure out who it was. I, I thought I, it was. It looked like you'll w- never rewatch this movie then, because yeah. now you'll never know. Yeah, it Long looked like WCW to me. Yeah, but uh, the commentary from the wrestling sort of going with the fight—that was smart. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> anyway, Liam, oh, yeah, do I you have anything that. you want to plug? Uh, my my film writing alter ego is on Twitter and Letterbox. My username is Graham the Mallo. That's me, Corey. By the way, if you didn't know, right. And uh, I guess I normally don't do this last, but last but not least, Mitch. I didn't even have to ask him. He just sort of. Yeah, you didn't even ask the question. He just got up and left. I didn't kill my wife. (laughs) (laughs) You find this man. You find him. (laughs) So uh, Mitch is all good, I guess. Um, With all that sorted, thank you all once again for listening to this episode of They Made Another One. You can find us all over the internet on Twitter at They Made Another, which is all one word, and on Letterboxd at TMAO. You can find episodes on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Breaker, and everything else as They Made Another One. You can reach us via email at TMAOPodcast at gmail.com with recommendations for future episodes, questions, comments, and what movie you think is... No, let me rephrase that. Give us... (laughs) A rating of your favorite movie if you think it is better or worse than The Fugitive. Like it's a matchup in a fighting game. Please. What wouldn't everyone's favorite movie be better than The Fugitive if it's not the not Fugitive? Not if their favorite movie's The Fugitive. It might exactly. be Exactly. Or maybe they're just having like a come to Jesus moment where they're realizing that really the fugitive a come is to, better. A come to Kimball. I mean Ryan <laughs> Ryan has convinced me at this point I'm I'm not sure that my favorite movie isn't the fugitive. <laughs> the fugitive might be the best movie ever made. I, I do I do want to make it clear. I really hope what you take away from this is that is to go watch the fugitive because by the way it, good movie good movie it's a good movie. I might put the fugitive also in the title of this podcast. I mean at least put it um, in the description. Oh sure. Um, our fantastic thumbnail art is done by Jade Dickinson, <laughs> who you can find on Instagram at Jade Sketches. And um, for me, I guess I was supposed to plug me first, and I didn't. Uh, I am on Twitter and Letterbox at Mr. Corey Price. You can listen to another show that I do with our friend Neil, uh, called MK PodQuest. We are in the process of starting our coverage of the web series Mortal Kombat Legacy. But if you work back through, you can find all sorts of weird Mortal Kombat ephemera in there, and you can find us uh, everything all in one place now mkpodquest.com and um with all that out of the way uh we will catch you here next week for some christmas extravaganza and we'll catch you in the future again with ryan ryan thank you again for coming on the podcast it was great thank you this was awesome yeah and um we'll catch you next time for more they made another one (laughs) 